Tag Box Talk, and this is Horse Stories with a Purpose. Who are we? We are equine educators, but we are owners. We are judges. We are competitors. We are coaches. We are volunteers. We are moms. We are horse owners just like you, and we want to share our horse stories with a purpose. Welcome to Extension Horses Tack Box Talk Series, Horse Stories with a Purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Heine with Oklahoma State University, and I'm pleased to welcome a new guest to Tack Box Talks, Kate Pollock, who is an Extension Assistant in 4-H with the University of Nebraska. So welcome, Kate. Hi, thanks for having me, Chris. So our topic today is going to be kind of a fun one, a novel one. So Kate, you're going to share your experiences with a essentially a crypt orchid horse. So let's jump right in. Whose horse was this? How did you know? What's going on here? Sure. Um, So it's a new horse for me. Uh, We decided to uh, get a horse for uh, my five-year-old daughter and uh, we were looking for a gelding or um, any kind of horse basically that would have been broke enough for her uh, to kind of grow with. he was sold to us as a three-year-old gelding uh, this past fall, and we got him on site, uh, actually came from Oklahoma, and... Uh, oh, don't blame me for this story. <laughs> yeah. And so he, uh, he got there, and he settled in nicely. Um, after his little quarantine time, uh, we let him in with our mare, and they got along great. Um, so fast forward to uh, January. Uh, my mare was acting in heat and my mare is 24. So um, I was kind of, kind of interested in why she was trying to wink at him and thought she was looking good. Um, He didn't really seem to, to mind or, or make any notion towards it. I've, I had already had vets out. I had had farriers out when I first got him. Um, They didn't notice anything crazy. Um, Then about a few days later, it was Things were melting here in Nebraska. We had some snow that had melted and things were getting muddy. So naturally he was muddy and my daughter and I were heading out to ride him. And um, I was starting to kind of brush around his groin because he had some mud up there. And I was kind of interested. Something looked a little swollen um, in between his legs where nothing should be um, (laughs) because he's a gelding, right? Yeah. they almost looked like little hernias because they were not in his scrotum. Um, so there was his scrotum looked empty. Um, and as it should be, right, I bought a gelding. Um, so I was really concerned. Um, I decided, of course, to do a palpation myself and just kind of on just over the skin and just kind of see what I was so feeling. Externally palpation. Yes, externally, yes. Um, kind of just seeing what I was feeling. Um, when I felt it, I, I knew what I had in my hands. Um, those were, those were testes. They are very small, uh, because he was three going on four, right? He is just a, it's just a grade, uh, grade quarter horse pony. Um, so nothing special on him. Uh, so I didn't really know any background really in that sense, but they sold it to me as a gelding. So I was kind of concerned and, Right away, I kind of uh, reached out to the person I bought him from and and a vet. And I said, why don't, you know, I'm just going to have a vet out and make sure that I'm not crazy, but I'm pretty sure what I'm feeling. 
Now, is oh, the person that you bought him from, had they had him for a period of time or what was it? Yeah. Like so to fill in on that, nice, nice uh, family had him down in Oklahoma. Um, they had been buying horses uh, from people during COVID and giving a great project for their five-year-old to ride and get these horses going. And, and Wait, they have a five-year-old horse trainer. Yeah, I guess <laughs> he was, I had videos and he was adorable. Really. He was a great, great horseman uh, for, especially for his age and the videos that they sent, because, you know, that, that could be a whole nother topic of buying horses during COVID, but wow. Um, he was, he was great rider. Uh, typically wouldn't have been the way I would have wanted to buy a horse, just how COVID's been, but they, they really sold me on him and I was confident that it would be a great horse. And they had got him from someone, um, who was having a hard time during COVID, having a hard time keeping up, uh, being able to feed and take care of some of their horses. So they said, yeah, you know, we'll we'll take them off your hands. We'll fatten him up a little and we'll, uh, try to get him a better place to live. And so, yeah, they had the intentions that he was a gelding because from that lady, um, and I believe that the previous person that they took uh, had taken off from their hands uh, and potentially got him from a sale barn, it sounded like, not 100% sure. So not 100% sure on his background, <laughs> but we all thought he was a gelding. <laughs> there was nothing to say otherwise. He was older. Um, so we thought there's they, if they were there, you would have seen him. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we talked to him and uh, my vet was able to come out. Um, he just lives down the road for me. So it was kind of nice on his way home. And he stopped in and he said, yeah, you know, Kate, you are, you are not crazy. These are, these are testicles. <laughs> so it was a, it was an interesting evening. And uh, we determined um, that thankfully my 24 year old mayor uh, is probably not viable for a pregnancy at this point in her life. So, and he was probably sterile uh, so that we, that we didn't have to worry about having a full hop on so the ground. Did he actually ever show interest in her at all? She, he never, uh, she would definitely flaunt it for him. <laughs> um, and, and let him know that she was a, a good prospect. Uh, but he, <laughs> He really didn't care too much. He he just kind of wanted to be her friend. Um, there was no mounting. <laughs> there was no, he did not uh, drop himself to show. Uh, no flashing tails, nothing. Um, he was just chill dude. So, but because my mare was acting in heat and then I went ahead and uh, brushed him and noticed it, I kind of just put two and two together and that was how it came about. Gotcha. So he is a, so he was what then a, a bilateral cryptorchid so they can be one normal testy uh, and one that doesn't descend or they could have both that didn't really descend. So in his case, I don't know. So you're not the veterinarian here. So we realize this, but you are up close and personal. Uh, was. So were they testes that had just not developed or had not yeah. really descended? So like you mentioned, I'm not a veterinarian, um, but I did have great conversation with my veterinarian. Um, and we talked about the different types that there can be. And we talked about 
what was kind of going on with his situation. Apparently there's four different kind of types of well, let's hear the targets. Yeah. So the four that there are, um, there's inguinal, abdominal, unilateral, and bilateral. So the first one, inguinal, that's the kind um, my horse Teddy had. Okay. So, and that was that they were higher up than they should be, but they were not in the scrotum, but they were just under that skin. Um, they're apparently uh, pretty more common in ponies and miniature horses, if you're oh, going to have that. And then um, some of them can be a temporary um, inguinal cryptorchid, and then temporary or some are permanent. And then the temporary ones, he said, would um, are usually the ones that descend by the time they're three years of age. So he so, passed this mark. Teddy was a yes. We are technically we are in the the year four of life <laughs> age for Teddy. Um, so the abdominal ones they are still up in that abdominal cavity. Uh, then there's the unilateral where only one is not descended. So you'll have a one descended and and they're not. And those ones he he did say make note those ones are not. 100% sterile. Um, so they might have those chances to mm -hmm. uh, still be fertile. Um, and then the bilateral where they're both are not descended. So he was a inguinal bilateral cryptorchid. <laughs> so big mouthful. Yeah. So we want to um, let everybody know, because this is part of your decision process. So if if they're a unilateral, essentially they have one testicle that's still within the body cavity those are too warm, so they don't really uh, produce sperm. And then they have a normal one, so they're they're good to go. They can still actually reproduce, not that we think this is a great idea. The other ones are sterile, um, so they're not able to reproduce, but in their brains, right? They're still yeah. stallions. Yeah, because he is still, he was still <laughs> uh, producing testosterone. Um, so interestingly enough, he, he wasn't... Um, to, I didn't really feel like he was showing a lot of stallion behaviors, um, even though he might've been having some testosterone production. Uh, the vet said it was potentially that he just had really low testosterone production. And then maybe he um, just didn't have that initiative to have those behaviors. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly, you know, if you're buying this for your young child, you, you don't typically say here, five-year-old, here's a stallion. Um, yeah some rules against that so <laughs> even though maybe you could have got away with it uh you know nobody would know yeah. I guess it sounds like uh you're uh gonna tell us you made the decision to so yeah I I talked to, I, I talked to some people about it um you know it was we bought him as a grade um horse he uh, for my daughter we have no intentions of breeding um it just was not uh, something we chose to do. Uh, and uh, the more we looked into it, um, it made sense for us to go ahead with the surgery and castration um, to have those removed. Our hidden treasures are what we have been calling them. So <laughs> yeah, but that's, we decided to go ahead and do that. And they, um, the vets, the we had two vets come out and they said, you know, we typically, this is a procedure uh, we do a lot more commonly 
in April. So this is a cold time of year to be doing this. Um, but I, you know, I said, you know, I'd rather just not wait and just be done with it. <laughs> I don't, the less testosterone in my life, the better I feel like. So, um, yeah, so we went ahead, uh, with that, uh, decision and, um, they were able to quickly come out and get him sedated. Um, and once he was down, um, the surgery was quick. It was 15, 16 minutes. Um, so, and then he took a little bit to, to wake up, but that's just who he is in general. I think he loves to nap. And so he was in, he was soaking up the sun. Um, but very quick procedure. We were able to examine them and kind of just uh, physically look at them and and see how they would be different from what they would typically be in a normal stallion. Um, so we had had a great day. It was a great learning <laughs> learning day. So a lot of people, um, well, maybe not a lot. I can uh, speak to this, but. Crypt orchid castration typically is more expensive. Um, now with yours, since it was inguinal versus an abdominal one, I assume it wasn't as expensive, but what did they quote you as for a castration on crypt orchid? Sure. Yeah. Um, they like, yeah, like you mentioned, they did say since it was um, a more simple procedure just under the skin that they could simply make that incision and um, didn't have to go into the abdominal cavity to dig them out. Um, they, uh, said it would be anywhere from 200 to $300 for the surgery. Hmm, um, I don't believe that included, uh, the anesthetic that was given, um, the sedation piece of it. Um, we will get a bill soon. So, <laughs> but hopefully I'm not that, and that is just in my neck of the woods in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll know and who knows what they charge around the, around the States, but. So they, these type of things can uh, sneak up on, on people, I guess. So one of my, I have a couple uh, stories that are uh, sort of crypt orchids, sort of not, but there was a, a horse that we had donated um, to us at the previous university I worked at, um, that they had had a horse come along in, um, I can't remember, it was September, October, that the mare fold out. And it was a surprise to the owner because she was with a crypt orchid stallion that they didn't know was a crypt orchid. So he must have had still small, relatively small testes, but he um, was able to reproduce. So the funny thing that they ended up registering the mare anyhow, uh, but her name, her registered name was One Good Jewel. <laughs> I always thought that was hysterical. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I We had considered like changing his uh, adding a piece to his name or adding him a nickname because of his uh we definitely call them his hidden treasures uh so but we are glad that they are gone <laughs> um and yeah. so when you're i think this is important for people to know when you're buying horses um obviously geldings because that's the only guys we're talking about um uh, if you, you don't have that complete record of everything that's happened in that horse's life it is possible, right? It is definitely possible that you can have a horse that he may not be able to reproduce, but he still may act um, like a stallion. So how does one know um, if they need to have a gelding check to see if he needs to be castrated for heaven's sakes? Right. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, because in my situation, uh, our vet had been out shortly after I bought him. Um, and he had been on, at my house maybe 48 hours. The, the horse had been on my grounds. Um, so the vet was there. He had looked him over. We didn't notice any of this. Uh, if we were to, and, and you're at that point, but you feel like um, maybe that's something you might want to do, there is a, a stimulation or response test that uh, can be done. And I'm um, talking about waving a mare in front of him, correct? Oh, yeah, that. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, in my experience, my mare let me know before I had any idea. And she is, I mean, she's 24. So she, I thought, you know, maybe she just doesn't, uh, you would think at this point in her life, maybe she wouldn't have any interest, but she just happens to be that mirror that she, she knew. And she wanted to let me know that she was, uh, that there was an, a, a nice male gentleman in her, in her paddock with her. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she ended up, uh, the biggest signs that I saw from her, uh, she instantly uh was um winking at him with her vulva and that to me is her normal um characteristics when she appears to be in heat or acts like she's in heat as she she loves to wink um at males and definitely put her rear end more towards their face to kind of let them know hey i'm i'm a good looking looking girl so <laughs> but yeah there's also um some other response test that you could potentially do even taking a blood sample is what our veterinarian told us um is just to if you could have if we wanted to have done a blood test sample uh, and look to see if there were any testosterone levels at all in their blood sample you could potentially know that way uh, but i believe there might be another way um that might be a little bit more um accurate and it would probably be that h CG stimulation response test. Yeah. So essentially they uh, take a, a baseline sample of the horse's testosterone to see what it is because uh, one of these hidden uh, stallions, so to speak, <laughs> they're not going to have as much testosterone as a normal stallion um, because testosterone is actually relative to the size of the testes. So if they're hiding inside, they're not going to be their normal size. Um, so they're going to still be lower. That's probably why Teddy wasn't like, hey, maybe I like you. Um, <laughs> but to find out for sure, I think what they do, um, they provide the horse HCG after they've had that baseline. And then that acts um, on the horse to stimulate testosterone production. So if they yeah. have them, it goes up. If they don't, we're good to go. Yeah. And from what I've, what I've gathered from that HCG test, you have to uh, wait to take that second sample about a couple hours. Um, so when you're, when you're thinking about doing this, take some time right. and, and think about that to compare the two. Turns out that males can't produce testosterone at the drop of the hat, even though we think maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> So but. this has kind of been a, a fun story and there's so many variables that people would think about because there are also horses that have been castrated that if they've been stallions for a while, they still may retain 
some of those thoughts. And so that kind of varies a little bit with um, when horses were gelded, if they were, you know, a mature breeding stallion before they were gelded. So there's all sorts of variables um, that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my concerns was if I waited too long, uh, would some of those behaviors stick with him? And be, being that he's already um, now at a four-year-old stage in his life, um, I, and it's probably longer than I would have wanted to wait if I were to get him at a younger age. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he t- turns back into that chill dude now that um, things are different. Well, I, I hope him well on his uh, recovery. So yeah. um, I can share, I have, an, I have one other story. This was actually um, my horse when I was a, a kid. I got him when I was in eighth grade. So I wasn't five, a little bit older, but he was a, <laughs> he was a great guy that had also come from, came through an auction through another person um, before we got him. Um, so he was a cute little Palomino gelding. So he's kind of that small horse, big pony size. And we, you know, certainly he was gelding, right? So gelding, but we had turned him out um, with my, I had my childhood Shetland pony. um, And I was, again, I was in eighth grade and was horrified (laughs) to see the, what went on between the Shetland pony and my new horse that I was so excited uh, about having. And so, yeah, he was mounting uh, the whole nine yards. I was like, what is happening? So I will confess, we never did any further diagnostics. Uh, what we did is we just had my uh, gelding uh, live with the Arabian mare that we had at the time. She had zero interest in him. And so nothing ever happened ever again. So we just handled it by separating them. So apparently it was that yeah. little teasy Shetland pony. <laughs> well, my mare is an Arabian mare and she is very much into him. So... <laughs> so it's not a breed it's, characteristic. It is not, which is which I thought maybe it could be more just because she's my sassy Arab mare. But yeah, no, they I had to separate them for this the evening after his surgery, um, just so he could have a chill, chill night and relax. Well, it I will let you know it was not chill. Oh no, <laughs> they, what happened? They cried all night back and forth to each other. We have two two different setups. He has he's in a nice little paddock dry lot. Um, and she was out, we turned her out to one of our pastures and I heard them all night long. <laughs> so <laughs> that one would, one would cry and the other one would cry back and then they'd wait for a while and then they'd go again. So this morning, uh, cause it, we just had our surgery yesterday, but the, this morning was, uh, a great, uh, time. They, they were allowed to be together again in the morning and they were so happy and <laughs> definitely more calm to be back together oh, so it sounds like in your future the two have to travel together all the time huh? they they are attached which I am grateful that they get along um but they are a little bit more attached than we would like but that's okay yeah well I guess that could be a whole nother podcast that would be with horses that love each other too much too much <laughs> buddy sour friends yeah, that oh. is a common problem for a lot of horse owners. So mm-hmm. I think I got one in my pasture right now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, thanks, Kate. This has been fun. Sometimes, you know, we do all these serious podcasts, but I like to know all these crazy stories that are happening, uh, even with us in in academia. You know, you'd think we know what a gelding is, but surprise. Yes, that, that was my that was my kind of gut feeling was where heart I was like, gosh, I should know better. And then, 
And I, that's why I was so mad at myself. And then the, you know, it's just these COVID times and the vet came out and he's like, you know, I was here. I didn't notice. So, you know, it gets, it gets past us. It's all right. <laughs> I'll give you a break on this. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, any final thoughts or uh, things you want to share with our no. folks out there? Yeah, no, not today. Well, maybe on another one. <laughs> well, we'll have to revisit Teddy and how his uh, life is going with his, uh, new five-year-old riders. So. Yes. Well, thanks again, Kate. And this has been our Tech Box Talk for Stories with a Purpose.